0: Well, hello and welcome to the Smells Like Money podcast. Join me, Suzanne Chin Taylor, the doo-doo diva, as I interview guests who are making an impact on how we manage and operate systems for conveying and treating wastewater. As a veteran of the wastewater, trenchless, and civil infrastructure industry, each week I'll be bringing you industry know-how from industry pros who know how. Join me each week as I speak with representatives of organizations that are utilizing disruptive or new technologies and methods, and executives who are excited to share how to be successful and sustainable in our vital industry. So whether you want to learn about the latest trends in technology, in treatment or trench lists, gain tips on training and retaining great talent, or simply how to be more efficient, productive or profitable, this podcast is for you. Ready? Let's dive right in. Well, good afternoon everybody and welcome to this week's edition of the Doo Doo Divas Smells Like Money podcast. Today we are visiting with Richard Blank, the CEO of Costa Rica's call centers. Now some of you may be thinking, "Wow, this has nothing to do with wastewater." Well, not directly. But in a way it does, because as Richard and I met through LinkedIn, as I meet many, many interesting people on LinkedIn, especially a lot of interesting guests that I bring on to the show are just purely connections from LinkedIn. We began a discussion about how call centers can really be beneficial uh, for building business. And some of you may be wondering, building business, how could I possibly build business for a U.S. company? And so with that said, I'm going to bring Richard in and we're going to just have a conversation about call centers and call centers in general as to how they can help you if you are a service business, if you are a manufacturer, even if, you know, you're in Municipal utility, how call centers can really help improve the customer experience and perhaps even improve customer satisfaction and also improve sales and client retention. And so, with that, Richard, I I really want your take on this to just kind of explain to the audience how using a call center could be applied in
1: our industry. Suzanne, thank you so much for having me as your guest today. And I guarantee that I'll be able to clarify any sort of misconceptions or um, reputations that telemarketers may have that you've seen in the movies or your past experience. So I'm here to answer any questions. Okay.
0: All right. So let's kick that off with a question of We've all had that bad experience of calling tech support or just calling calling any company that we need service. And we get into that trap of the automated attendant, where after all these buttons pushing, you're at that point, I'm sure there's people groaning and thinking, yeah, I can identify with this. We're going, I just wanna to talk to a human being now. So Richard, how can a call center alleviate that experience for a small company, as well as a medium-sized company?
1: That's a wonderful question. There's so many ways to look at it. The first is that the company should do more voice support instead of non-voice support, because if you're just pressing buttons or filling out a form, it can raise temperature levels and frustration and Uh, to be able to resolve that issue in a faster period of time. Also, if you happen to get somebody on the phone, you're gonna be very upset, maybe cursing, yelling, screaming, and that doesn't resolve any issues as well. On the flip side, the company should be staffing accordingly. So you're not in a queue for long periods of time. Secondly, they should be able to be able to look up the client's information on the CRM. So you don't have to repeat who you are to get into your account showing a little more empathy, not saying you're sorry for something you didn't do and doing your best to get a first call resolution by calming down, clarifying certain things and moving the conversation forward. So it's very easy to retain a client, to get a referral, maybe even upsell. And let's just look at it this way. Suzanne. worst case scenario, if you're gonna be losing the account, possibly getting an exit interview to find areas in which we could have made improvements or what your competition did, in order to earn that business. But the number one thing, once again, is just showing empathy, compassion, and sincerity to the client, because obviously there is some sort of frustration level. But if the agent is properly prepared and is willing to take deep breaths and walk through the situation with the client, there's no reason why you should be able to uh, continue working with that individual.
0: Well, that brings up the point that you said about making sure that you have enough people on staff to handle it. And as you know, it's, you know, we're in the throes of what are we naming it now? The great resignation and telephone operators, customer service reps are probably like the least paid individuals in a company. And you're losing people right and left, but to retain them, You know, you need to really pay them well. And a lot of companies just can't afford to pay really high wages, which would be considered those incentive wages to call center people, which brings us to what you and I were talking about before I had you on the show about the consideration of outsourcing your customer service first point call center, where it could actually be affordable. And so I'd like for you to kind of speak to our audience about their options for doing this where they can create call center customer service but in such a way where it's affordable and they don't have to worry about people falling off, finding a new person to replace them and, and all the things that come with having it this in in-house with staff members?
1: That's no, a wonderful way to look at it. First, for my own company, we are inscribed out of West Palm Beach, Florida. So I abide by all US business and banking laws. They in turn hire my company in Costa Rica to follow all the Costa Rican labor laws. Everything we do is up to speed and, and where it needs to be. But no, it, it allows the smaller company that's looking to grow to use our resources. We have an IT department I do have a human resources department and a quality control department. So they can focus on closing deals. Also, the cost of labor here is about a third of the United States, that's including salary and benefits. So that does give somebody the chance to be able to get somebody that may be more qualified or has the skill set. But I look at it like this, unless it's a brick and mortar business and it is virtual, anybody can earn that seat. And maybe they're living in a certain area of the United States where local talent, there's not such a large labor pool. Or as you're mentioning, the, the cost per hour could be a little excessive for just inbound customer support. So Costa Rica, we're very competitive for many reasons. Our proximity to the United States were just a couple of hours on a direct flight. I'm in mountain time zone. We have a democratic society here, so they put their money back into education. There's a 95% literacy rate. And I know that a lot of people are concerned about outsourcing because of offshore call centers in India and the Philippines, which may have a dialect, an accent, or may not be attuned to the North American market, while Costa Ricans are considered to have the most neutral accent. And there are companies such as Amazon, HP, Intel, and Oracle here. So as much as you think we may or may not be able to handle the sort of uh, profile and the workload, well, obviously you can compare ourselves with some of the top companies in the world. But it it can be done as long as the resources are there, the CRM is there, and we're able to work with you on scripts and on rebuttals and coaching and reporting. There's no reason why something can't be meshed and scaled accordingly at certain comfort levels. And so we would be able to assist to offset certain growth or downsizing that companies may have. But the most important thing is that it's a good fit we have to ensure that the sort of responsibilities that they're offering the Costa Rican agent is something we can fulfill. Because I, I'm very selective of the campaigns that come in, Susanna, It's not that I don't wanna fulfill the need of a client. I just wanna ensure a couple of things that it's not compromising ethics. The agents can go home and tell their parents what they do for a living. And it's within a certain skill set where I can find the profiled agent and to be able to hire and fulfill those needs. So, uh, but it can be done and it's something that somebody could do slowly and just grow from there.
0: Well, if someone's considering, all right, I'm starting to grow. I really want to be able to offer a better I would say customer experience, you know, customer service experience. What's the average, I guess you would say onboarding and up, you know, upload time to help a call center or a group of call center agents become well-versed enough where a company can feel confident that this team can represent my company and my brand the way that I want to be represented?
1: Great question. You're definitely investing in a process and I've seen certain things ramp up before lunchtime and others that require at least one month's worth of training. My suggestion is the longer the training, the more of a risk of professional jumpers, people just taking their class and not being able to do the work at the end of that training session, there needs to be certain checkpoints. But I think it really revolves around the company culture. Besides my culture, which I'm in control of, I have to make sure that in the United States, that the supervisors, the trainers, the owner of the company not only understands our labor law, but realizes that some sort of things that you may be doing at corporate might not be appropriate here. In regards to certain tones, profanity is the way people speak. But it's the sort of thing where of course they'd be able to scale a team. And and it's really just about resources. They have to ensure that our company has all of the material that the computers are set up. Are we logging into your system or our system. Some simple IT questions to ask. But if you're looking at just simple customer support there's no reason why we cannot build a sort of ticketing system. We can set up appointments for certain closers we'd be able to do first call resolution if we are able to log into your system and just read back the notes that were there prior. And so these are the sort of things that can be taught from what you and I have discussed prior to this podcast. It seems like the profiled agent here could easily fit customer support and even prospecting appointment setting and lead generation. You know we're, we're, we're not engineers and we're not physicists and we're not working with chemicals and scientists. And so I think that the sort of levels of responsibilities that you're giving us could be something that could be taught via, let's say a cheat sheet or a clip version, training manual, possibly sending us recordings of your top person in the office, for us to be able to listen, study, master and imitate. And so these are the sort of resources we'd be asking our potential clients prior to going live.
0: Okay one thing that i saw as that this could be a benefit and why i wanted to have you on the show is for their smaller companies that are having trouble you know keep keeping staff but yet they need someone to be able to provide that customer service so that they don't have to worry about it because they're out in the field taking care of the customers that i also sure. saw this as a great means for growth I, I know there's a lot of folks especially in the states that you know it's the whole and i agree with this to try to you know buy american support hire hire our own but in as we were talking earlier trying to find someone to fill fill those shoes that i wanted to get your take on or maybe your experience when someone you know uses a call center what that sets in motion and i would think correct me if i'm wrong that by having a call center or or outsourcing that one part of the business that is too costly for you to do in the States, but yet could be a revenue generator, that the end result of having good customer service or a good call representative is that you're going to get more sales and then for more sales, then you'd actually be able to hire more team members that are doing more of the skilled work that makes you more money. I see that the customer service person isn't a revenue generating position, whereas a technician is in our industry. So what's your what's your take on that? Would you agree with that?
1: In some aspects, yes, Suzanne, but a customer service rep could retain someone get a referral from someone and upsell someone so they're just as valuable as, as the tech and naturally, you could have someone that's a specialist but also take into consideration language capacities you might be somewhere in the United States where you would need Spanish speaking or other type of support where you might not have that in the labor pool and you were mentioning attrition well you should be putting yourself in the shoes of the agents working with you at corporate because they're the front line. You were mentioning pressing buttons and frustration levels. These individuals should have their own incentives in regards to how many people they can save in their talk time and the sort of notes that they're putting into the CRM system. So people in the States might see telemarketing as a transitional job or looking down upon it, but you and I both know, if you can master the skill that your earnings potential Could be limitless and you can grow a company from it. Instead of burning out or hating the industry, I thrived and I was able to grow to build my own center and to encourage people to be with me over a decade. Once again, it may have a weird reputation, but I take it on a case by case basis. Not everybody sells stock, not everyone's the boiler room or the Wolf of Wall Street as you would see in Hollywood. You and I are not like that, but we're very capable of making a phone call and building relationships with people. So as I mentioned, people are focused on non-voice communication and they're losing the art of speech. If you encourage someone to practice those skills, to, to live it, to be very engaged on the phone and to do some active listening, besides work, Suzanne, their lives will improve outside of the office with their friends and family. So it's really a gift that keeps on giving. The world is its stage. So unlike a certain job where you just pack up and go home, you're a professional communicator, professional listener. And so I think that the environment shouldn't downplay or patronize that sort of position. When once again, these are the individuals that would be helping you grow your business. And we're, we're looking at me as a solution for somebody locally that can't handle his own talent. And so that's something I'd have to take a look and see how he's treating his own people. but. It is a challenge, and people today have their own expenses, and things are getting a lot more costly in the United States. And so, these top telemarketers that you're looking for possibly are not working at these centers. They're either selling real estate or stock or doing things that have a much higher return because of their skill set. So, maybe what we need to do, just not on my end, but possibly at home is to focus on individuals that have not made these calls before. And it's, and it's okay, Suzanne. They, they're coming in with the courage, but also not the bad habits. And as long as they're coachable and we can work with them, there's no reason why they can't swing and hit the ball and be amazing because they're going to do it Suzanne's way. And that's right. better than anybody's way, in my opinion.
0: Well, you know, I wasn't really talking more about, you know just to clarify with the audience, I'm not talking about telemarketers here. Or, you know, people that are just making direct calls to get sales. I'm talking about considering using outsourcing as that first person when someone needs something that they call, sure. that they get a human being that listens to them, helps to solve their problem, and then moves it up the chain so that they have that human intervention that they feel they're not talking to a machine or having to leave a voicemail and yeah. hoping when is somebody gonna get back to me? And I think that that's especially important with some of the people that are in our industry, because it's Mm -hmm. a service-based business. They may be dealing with a serious emergency, whether it's a plumber or a municipality that's having a crisis in a street, to be able to reach someone who can they at least talk to and say, can you wait for 15 minutes and I'm gonna get a hold of someone for you? Because in most cases, there is usually someone that is on call, twenty four seven, isn't at the call center, but the beeper will go off, right. and so I just think that we have lost connection a lot over COVID of that that human that human connection. We've forgotten how to be human, <laughs> and I I think that there is a value in truly thinking about outsourcing that it's not a dirty word and and. I will be the first to say, I'm going to tell you right now, I outsource certain tasks for my business because it makes sense for me to do it. Because one, I'm outsourcing it to professionals that do this night and day. I can afford them, but it allows me then to get more business. And instead of having to pass a high overhead to my customers, I can deliver really quality product to my customers without having to gouge them and yet still maintain high levels of customer service or just me being available to do that customer service because some of the things that I off, offload to someone else are being taken care of so that I can focus on things that I need to focus on. So we we talked about leads to more business again about the outsourcing to a foreign country when you were saying 95% literacy if someone is actually hearing this and thinking well yeah maybe i should consider this i i love the fact that in the united states we do need spanish speaking customer service representatives but we also need good quality English speaking representatives. And so I just wanted you to address that as outsourcing to Costa Rica or other places. What are the questions that a company should be asking of a potential call center or customer center call center service to make sure that they are partnering themselves with the right organization?
1: That's a fantastic question to me. Initially, someone that's bilingual bears the mark of higher education. So someone is coming in with incredible skill sets of structure and discipline. Secondly, they should be looking into their track record. How long they've been in business? Do they follow the rules? The company in the United States would understand the local labor laws in case there is a national holiday or certain sort of overtime and payment uh, rules. There's no surprises there. But it's really about a good fit. I always believe in regards to this sort of customer support, there should be no surprises. And I should be asking more of how compared to why to make things work. And we have a ton of resources here. So it's very easy for me to do an answering service for someone to do a hot lead transfer in case there is an emergency to set an appointment on a calendar for a follow-up, build pipelines, email templates, voicemails. So it's once again, very easy to oversee your staff virtually to have certain protocols set out so the supervisors can follow them and the agents can work with you. You can be there on a live chat as well to talk to HQ for certain directions and questions, but mainly the the companies should be contacting me to see if we're just a good fit, that the sort of skill sets that they're looking for is something we can do. But if it's just more of some training to answer questions, to be able to fill out a form for somebody transfer them or set an appointment for them, we can easily handle those sort of work. And it's something that I believe would fulfill the agent to reduce that attrition rate. I think they find your industry fascinating and the sort of calls they'd be getting with C-level executives would be much more professional than just sort of kicking tire prospecting calls. So you could easily work with the agent to make them more polished and more prepared for those sort of phone calls.
0: I think for our industry, it's more having to deal. Well, you know, now that you say that, there are so many uses for this that small to medium-sized companies really should consider in that not just maybe as customer support when somebody needs something, but also for prospecting and, you know, first pass leads or following up with existing customers. So. Mm -hmm. I think there are so many options and opportunities that people don't consider are available to them to outsource. If they outsource with, as you were saying, a good fit, outsource to the right partner, that it can open up doors for them and I think alleviate a lot of burdens in personnel that maybe they're struggling with right now. And so that was, thank you, because I I really wanted to open up this dialogue. Again, it's not something that I normally talk about on the show, but it is a support mechanism for the industry so that we can have more time to do those things that we're really, really good at. And that's being in the field and taking care of our customers and taking care of our planet. And maybe consider, Hiring other people who need work that can do that job very, very well so that we can do our job better.
1: I've seen this, Suzanne, that when we've been put on a level playing field and corporate before giving us all the seats, which we'll just compare apples. We've been able to match and even exceed. We do have wow. some... Everybody's making the same calls, receiving the same calls, but you know how it is. It's like a coach on a sports team. There could be a teacher that motivates you more. You and I are very special. We're very unique. We really care about what we do and with those with whom work with us. And don't be surprised if we're not able to do a 0.25, more an hour, just because of Suzanne Richard rah-rah sort of techniques. and. <laughs> And I would suggest for somebody not to put all the eggs in one basket, but if they're interested in it, then let's just make some comparisons and you'll see the positive the positive and negative things. Of it. But the only thing negative, my friend, is that we just can't see each other by the, you know, by the water cooler just to see how each other's weekend was or to have lunch or or have those sort of on-site meetings. But relationships are built. These sort of mixture of company cultures can be incredible and it's so much fun that first zoom call where everyone gets to see each other for the first time because the first thing is that's not how you you sound different than how you look (laughs) but when their sales are made and people are growing there's a lot of cheers and high fives and and that's a lot of fun too two worlds are coming together and all i see are are positive effects from that
0: well thank you richard because i i really do think that we need to look at outsourcing and that it's not a bad thing. It can actually create a lot of good for our customers and a yes. lot of good for our business to grow. And, and, you know, we're becoming more, you know, with everything going digital and on the Internet, we really are a global community. We, sh- we need to stop looking at it's us and them and mm-hmm. them and them. No, we're all we're all one global community. Let's all help each other do good by doing well, you know, collectively. And that, you know, I, I challenge anybody who's listening to just take a moment and start thinking about tasks or activities within your business that you may have been struggling to find personnel to fill. And that might be a good fit for outsourcing that could really benefit your business. And maybe give it, maybe give it a shot. Give it a serious consideration. Try it for three to six months. If it doesn't work, okay. No harm, no foul, no, you know, no, you know, nothing. Ve- I love the expression, nothing ventured, nothing gained. But at least to give it some serious consideration, considering all the struggles that we are now having with this great resignation and finding good people because the world still needs to keep turning and we still need to be doing business and supporting our customers. So if you are interested in opening a dialogue with Richard, his website is costa ricas call center is that right? And could you could you spell out that domain name for us Richard?
1: Of course. C O S T A R I C A S C A L L C E N T E R, Costa Rica's call center. You're just taking out the apostrophe. We're Suzanne. We're actually brazen enough to call ourselves.
0: Okay, that's great. And uh, so we will also have all of Richard's information in the show notes below, so that you can reach out to him on LinkedIn, and I'm sure he would be welcome to answer any questions that you have. And he's just a great resource, you know, for for this subject. So again, Richard, I want to thank you for coming on the show, and talking about this subject, and sharing some sharing some insights, and and maybe in a way, kind of alleviating some people's fears about the word outsourcing and call center, which I think can, can strike fear in the hearts of so many people, but it's it's nothing to be nothing to be afraid of, and I think it can be a win-win if you go about it the right way. And so I and thank just you. remember
1: one thing that yes. if you have people like this, you always have to extend empathy and give them their dignity because just like yourself, it's one of the toughest businesses that have its moments. The same thing with telemarketing as well. we want to put that in the best light. And Suzanne, thank you so much for having oh. me on. Yes, you are the diva, and I love it.
0: <laughs> well, thank you so much. Because I think with that closing remark, you're absolutely right. Is that it is a tough job, and I think that that's why it's hard to find people, because often when they're getting the call, they're dealing with someone who is in crisis and having a problem, and they're ha- they're struggling, and they just they just need to vent, and You need the right person on the end of that line that is not going to take that personal and just understand okay, they're in crisis, they're having a hard time. I'm just going to let them vent. And now we're going to do the next thing and that's calm and try to alleviate them and make them feel like it's okay. I understand. We're going to, I'm here to help you. And really, truly. It does take a very special individual to be on the other end of the line with those calls. It really, really does. And especially, I think about, you know, when, when someone is gone, think about this, people. When you yourself have gone through and had to have pushed about 10 different buttons on a menu, by the time you get to that live person, you are living. And don't we all do it? We're frustrated. We don't mean to, but we take it out on that person. Because by that point we're so frustrated because we just wanted to talk to a human being. So keep that on the back of your mind of when you've been in that situation, that how much different you would be with a company if a human being had been the first instance that maybe there's an automated, do you need tech support? Or do you need to schedule or is there a problem? Maybe give them two choices, but immediately on that first button, they get to a human being and how much better their experience is going to be and how much better the agent that's answering the phone, what their experience is going to be in dealing with that person. And I think that's why there's a lot of burnout too, is because there's that automated attendant that by the time they finally get to that person, they're just gonna go off. And people, I think we talked about this, that that agent may be thinking to themselves, excuse me, but you don't pay me enough to be abused like this. Yeah. And I think if we can diffuse that, it's just gonna be better for everybody all the way around.
1: You're so right, it's so old school. This is how we were raised. And I couldn't agree with you more. You hit so it but right even with
0: a call center, think about it this way, who, for those of you who are listening, that even if you use a call center, they could be that first human intervention. So then when it is the point where, okay, I'm going to get you to a tech now who can actually help you by the time that your tech then has to take that call or your dispatcher, your scheduler. That upset customer has already been diffused. All the anger, all the angst, all of the worry has already been diffused. So now when it gets to that person who is stateside, they're dealing with a happy customer that is just so pleased that someone is actually going to take care of them, that they're not going to be abused. They're not going to be dealing with someone angry. And you're probably not going to lose that person. You're probably not going to lose that employee. So there's, I'm sure you've seen that too happen, Richard.
1: I have. And, and my greatest gift is that I feed families every month. Money comes second. And there's also things that may be happening outside of the office that could mm-hmm. affect their performance. So you have to think about that as well. Right if you can slow down and calm down for a second and and focus on the synergy of a company culture, I, I think a lot of the problems can resolve itself, Suzanne.
0: I do too. I do too. Well, we've, we've kind of gone all over the place, but I hope everybody has gotten a lot out of this and given you some, some things to really seriously consider and, and think about for your business as a resource and to help you. And so thank you again for tuning in And until next time. Keep it flowing. Thanks so much for joining me, the doo doo diva, on this week's episode of Smells Like Money. What stood out to you this week? Share your takeaways by leaving me a review. You can find out more about the new technologies, creating sustainable solutions and insights on how to succeed in our vital industry by subscribing to the show. Whether you wanna learn about the latest trends in wastewater infrastructure, treatment or trench lists, You've got it all right here at Smells Like Money. If you're an industry expert and would like to be considered as a guest for the show, book a quick chat with me by visiting calendly.com forward slash the Tuit Group forward slash B-A-podcast-guest or simply click the link in the show notes below. Until next week, A big shout out to all my industry friends and those who will be. You are my superheroes. Thanks for tuning in, keeping it flowing, and we'll see you all next week.